0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. And as we look at the markets, a lower day today in, in the grain complex. You know, I know producers are getting back in the field. There's a lot of outside influences on them. And no surprise, Mike, and we're hearing this a lot this week already. I mean, I know it's only Tuesday, but back on Friday, they were talking about the Brazilian election. Yesterday, they were talking about the Brazilian election and our midterm elections And they're all having some factors on the way we're seeing these markets trade.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Susan, because I really do think that's one of the two major themes and the features of the markets for the ag sector. You know, for all the markets, but especially when we talk about the ag sector, we really hone in on that. I think that's going to be one of the two big features for the next one to four weeks, I would say, even the U.S. next USDA WASDI report being thrown in there would be the third factor if I had to list the top three. But I think the big deal that we see right now, and you brought it up when it comes to the currency markets and the down day is I think in part because of the midterm elections and the Trump tariff trade policy finally starting to sink into investors' minds that it's going to happen, if not happen sooner than what we had thought. I think the stocks and commodities are coming together, or what they would call converging, and I think they're taking the trading more uh, seriously in the equities markets, and because they're trading more similarly, I think that maybe actually be good. I mean, in other words, welcome to our world as far as what we've had to deal with the last few years, especially when it comes to the grains. And I, I say that because I think it could be healthy because the financial market, I think, should maybe be more focused upon the resource-related companies and the goods and natural resources and commodities in general instead of what they've been focused on which has been mainly tech stocks and i guess i'm not glad for anybody to get hit or hard uh... take a hard beating but i think it's good and, and i think it's probably good that we're balancing things out that the tech stocks are some of the leading uh... stocks that are getting hit uh... with the biggest hits to the downside I heard today, for instance, on the, uh, one of the business news networks, one of the equities guys saying, it used to be buy the dips, now it's sell the rallies. And I thought, gosh, I think we were saying that about three years ago. So I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, we do have to get through the midterm elections, though, and that's going to keep the volatility very high.
0: We're just a week away from those midterm elections, and I'm sure the producers in Brazil are closely watching our midterm elections as, as we were on their presidential election over the weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think the Chinese are watching it even more closely, especially given that President Trump is essentially doubling down on the tariffs. And one of the things that probably needs to be explained, and I'll be doing a special uh, webinar tonight on the midterm elections. I already did a special report about a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, on what I think the midterm elections mean in terms of whether the Republicans lose the House. But right now, as it stands, I think the reason it's coming to focus so much in the last couple weeks, essentially since the end of September, is the fact that the Democrat potential for gaining the House of Representatives has kind of ebbed and flowed, but in the last couple weeks, last week, it's started to inch up to where the average Real Clear Politics polling of about seven or eight different polls has an essentially 50% likelihood that the uh... the democrats are going to win the house and the republicans it's only down around forty one forty two percent so the the line has moved in favor of democrats taking the house of representatives my special report i kinda outlined the analysis of the people pushing uh... to get more democratic voters to get to the polls uh... those political action committees are very very committed to impeaching president trump and i think it will create even more uh... trouble in uh... washington as far as gridlock and uh... anxiety between the two houses of congress and i think that's why the dollar has been going up i think that's why the equities have been going down essentially the dollar index um... is essentially gone uh... since the end of september up about three point six percent it's back to where it was uh... you know back in the june twenty seventeen time period a sixteen month high was made today uh, it's interesting to notice that because we're back to the end of September levels in uh, that rally in the dollar has brought the wheat, the corn, and the beans all back towards their late September uh, lows. And so you can kind of see the transmission of the prices and the different assets and how they've been affected.
0: You know, Mike, the clock's been ticking as to when we're going to see weekly crop progress reports coming out on Monday afternoons with harvest wrapping up, but we're looking at 63% complete on the corn. We're finally back to about average.
1: Yeah, and this is the second major theme I think is especially important to those producers who uh, had a lot of Hedge to arrives uh, in the earlier part of the year in the corn and the beans, the basis got away from them, went really tragically negative because of the fact that we had these tariffs and other things come in, and especially in the soybeans, just take the exports essentially down to next to zero compared to what we were used to. Um, so those this time period I think is extremely important because here I think you're going to see, Susan, because of the fact that we're starting to see some problems with harvest, crop up as you say get back to average but not much better and now the updated november weather forecasts are looking like we're going to have a lot colder wetter uh... next ten to sixteen days i think now we may be able to see a situation where even if the futures goes down and reacts to those outside forces we've been talking about the cash basis i think should be more supportive especially in the corn market i'm starting to see it already in certain uh, areas of the country, I would look for that to spread if these uh, these uh, rain uh, forecasts and temperature forecasts stayed uh, as they're advertised. Especially with Iowa, Iowa looks very cold and very wet. The eastern half and uh, northeast Kansas, Missouri, uh, all those areas look very very wet and cool as we go from the first of November to the middle of November. So that's what you know what you'd call a divergence where the futures maybe goes down or has. Uh, susceptibility for rallies to be sold, whereas the cash basis starts to come around because the cash supplies are getting tighter to get a hold of.
0: Definitely is bringing back the old game show of beat the clock.
1: <laughs> That's
0: right. Stick around, folks. More of the Fontenelle final bell comes up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo is joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. The numbers came out yesterday, of course, in the weekly crop progress report. And there's been some, some frustration for some when it comes to the, the spring wheat planting. But still, Mike, it looks like we've made some decent progress. And they were talking about the upper Midwest really getting those numbers done.
1: Yeah, I think the spring wheat, like you said, made a lot of headway. Now, the hard red wheat is still really having troubles and i can see it you know an hour away i took a trip about a week ago down to lawrence uh... kansas and over towards topeka where the hard red wheat belt really starts properly and you get away from the corn bean rotation uh... and and it was just absolutely amazing how many beans were still out in the field susan uh... saturday week ago saturday Uh, and i would say eighty five percent of the beans were still yet to be uh... cut the corn had been shelled and so um, we're trying to play catch-up on getting the beans cut and get, I think, the wheat sowed west of uh, where I'm at in Atchison. And it showed up in the winter wheat, uh, uh, hard red wheat plantings, coming in at 78% when the trade was thinking 82%. That 78% was actually the very low number of the trade guesses on the Reuters Newswire, and it compared to 83% last year for the country. If you drilled down to Kansas, we came in at 76% versus 82% last year with our conditions uh, down uh, pretty substantially. Kansas wheat conditions, good to excellent, 42% versus 56% last year at this time. I think two things. The soft red wheat is currently premium to the hard red wheat by 5 or $0.08. Cents. I think that may change. I think the hard red wheat may start to find... Uh, quite a bit of support if this trend continues with the planting and the conditions. The second thing I would say to you is that Egyptian purchase at the end of the week kind of proved to the marketplace that we were, in the United States, definitely cheap enough uh, out of the Gulf. It's just the transportation that uh, keeps us you know, having to fight for the business. But it was, I think, a very strong good step. I would have looked for more carry and follow-through in the wheat market this week had it not come... Uh, from the copper and the dollar and the outside markets pushing the other way. And I think that's a real important uh, feature to continue to watch when you're a wheat marketer.
0: As we jump over to the livestock side of the trade action in this cattle market, boys, some sideways patterns going on for them. Are we looking for direction for the cash this week?
1: Yeah, I think we are. And I think, unfortunately, the feeder cattle technically kind of broke down. They they kind of failed where they uh, needed to get above Uh, the 155, 156 level. Instead, we broke down. We've made now a six-week low at this stage of the game. It didn't take much because we'd been trading such a narrow trading range the last six weeks. And so now we're at this 152 level at about a six, uh, seven, almost seven-week low. And the next real support is the mid-September low of 151.80. If we take that out, We've got a pretty substantial sell signal on my charts for the weekly, and I would suggest we're probably going to have to...
0: Well, Mike, as we look at what's happening with the box beef cutouts, and they've had some up and down, looks to be some higher numbers, at least as what we saw on the midday. Going to continue that trend for the rest of the week?
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough because seasonally we just don't get there from uh, here at this point. You get to the end of October, 1st of November, and both last year and the five-year average on the choice cutouts tends to go down, into the Christmas holiday so I think what I'm kind of building up in my mind at this point Susan is unless we continue to push the hog market higher because of the African swine fever and strong loin and cutout prices I think the feeder cattle and the boxed beef prices are probably going to cap us out at that 115 level in the lead month futures for the fat cattle at least until we see how the October goes off the board here which is just right next to us you know as far as the, uh, just tomorrow is when the October goes off the board and then December takes over as lead month future. So I, I think it's going to be really hard for the d fat cattle to fight the feeders and fight the hogs and the box beef. So that's probably the way I'm looking at it. Does it mean we're going to have a sharp down move? Well, no, I don't think so. And even if we did, I think we'd recover relatively quickly by the time we got to Christmas time.
0: I'm really glad you brought up the African swine fever. We've had a lot of pork producers that I've spoke to that have really questioned these numbers that they're hearing out of China, wondering if China is playing on the kind of the cautious side of releasing the numbers that are there.
1: Yes, and I think they are. I, I don't. I, I'm not the only analyst out there suggesting what I'm about to say. I, I do think that this is a significant problem. They have not gotten under control yet, and um, I think it really. And this is, this came straight from the Smithfield CEO's mouth at the end of the last week when he was interviewed uh, by, I believe it was Reuters, and he talked about how it could literally royal the pork prices for 2019. The world pork prices. I'm in that same camp. I did a special blog update and forecast for prices for the. Uh, for the uh, u.s hog market in 2019 and usda is thinking that china will not need to import hardly anything in terms of pork i don't see it that way because i don't think they have the the disease under control and they're going into a time period where it's very hard to not allow it to spread because they're getting ready to butcher a lot for one of their biggest holidays of the year
0: all right sounds good best way for folks to reach you mike
1: GlobalAnalytics.biz. Sign up for a trial. Take a look at the blog. Take a look at the webinar that I'll be putting up tonight. Otherwise, give me a call toll-free, 866-471-2588.
0: And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.